No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. God gave Moses instructions for making the tabernacle, but today we see that even though the things that were made for the tabernacle were important, so were the people who would make those things. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Exodus chapter 30 on Simply the Bible. What is worship? Different people will define this as different things. For some, it is singing songs at church. For others, it is seeing a beautiful sunset and appreciating its maker. For others, it's simply being still before Almighty God. However you define worship, one thing is for sure. You were created to worship. If you don't worship God, then you'll find something else or someone else to worship in his place. But man reaches his ultimate purpose when he worships God, because it was for this reason that he was made. The instructions that the Lord gave to Moses in building the tabernacle revealed how he wanted to be worshipped. We pick it up in Exodus chapter 30, verse 34. And the Lord said to Moses, Take sweet spices, stacti, and onica, and galbanum, and pure frankincense, with these sweet spices. There shall be equal amounts of each. You shall make of these an incense, a compound according to the art of the perfumer, salted, pure, and holy. And you shall beat some of it very fine, and put some of it before the testimony in the tabernacle of meeting, where I will meet with you. It shall be most holy to you. But as for the incense which you shall make, you shall not make any for yourselves according to its composition. It shall be to you holy for the Lord. Whoever makes any like it to smell it, he shall be cut off from his people. Stacti was a resinous gum that oozed from the trees of Mount Gilead. Annika came from a certain species of shellfish. Galbanum was an aromatic gum resin derived from several Asian plants. So these three sweet spices plus frankincense were put together with salt. Now salt was used to prevent spoilage and to cleanse wounds. So it was a symbol of purification. All the ingredients were beaten very fine so that they would be thoroughly mixed. As with the holy anointing oil, this incense was only to be used in the tabernacle for worshiping the Lord. If somebody was curious and wanted to just make some to see what it smelled like, he would be cut off from his people. I suppose the reasoning was that the incense was set apart, and if anybody made it without authorization, he would be set apart. The incense would be burned in the holy place on the golden altar of incense before the veil. The rising smoke of this fragrant incense represented the prayers of God's people rising to God. They are a sweet fragrance to him. David said in Psalm 141, let my prayer be set before you as incense. In Revelation 5.8, John has a vision of the throne of God. And it says that now when he had taken the scroll, that is Jesus Christ taking the scroll from God the Father, 
the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. The Bible tells us in Romans 8 that we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness by interceding for us with groans that cannot be uttered. I don't always feel that my prayers amount to much, but when they are mixed with the intercession of the Holy Spirit, they come up before the throne of God as sweet incense, and so do your prayers. May I encourage you to pray pray, pray. Jesus told us a parable of a persistent widow so that people would always pray and not lose heart. And yet it seems that there's nothing the devil opposes more than God's people praying. Why is that? Probably because it's so important. Chapter 31. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship to design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. And I, indeed, I have appointed with him Aholiab, the son of Ahizamach, of the tribe of Dan, and I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you. So God was not just giving Moses a bunch of instructions here. He had prepared the way by preparing the people that were going to actually make all of this. No doubt Bezalel was a naturally gifted artist. Some people are just like that. They are born with an innate ability in music or painting or sculpting. It just comes naturally for them. And sometimes they wonder why others don't get it. Others are gifted in math, science, or mechanics. I am so thankful that I have a mechanic who is gifted in mechanics. Bezalel was such a gifted individual in artistic works. But added to his natural gift was the supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit. For he was filled with the Spirit of God in wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and all manner of workmanship. Do you know this is the first time the phrase filled with the Spirit appears in the Bible? It's not referring to a prophet or a teacher, but to an artist. God took his gift to the next level and made it a spiritual gift. I've heard it said that it is foolish for us to try to be someone else because the best we can be is the best we can be. The key is to find out what you're good at and do it for the glory of God. But you say, I don't know what that is. I don't know what I do good. Well, what comes supernaturally natural for you? What is something that you just sort of fall into, but you know that it's not just you. It's the grace of God in you, you see. I watch my wife. She's naturally gifted as a realtor. And when she does that, she's just happy. And she does it so well, it's obvious that it's a supernatural, natural gift. So that's the key. And finding what that is and doing it to the glory of God is 
the key to blessing in your life and you'll be a blessing to others. That's the way it was with Bezalel. And also he had somebody to help him, a right-hand man, as it were, Aholiab. And Aholiab was to be his assistant. And God appointed him that way. You know, it's wonderful when somebody can gladly be the assistant of another, realizing that that's the place to which he or she has been appointed. And they can be content in that and not try to get out of their lane, you know. It's a wonderful thing when God puts people together like that in the body of Christ. And of course, there were other artisans as well that were going to help them, gifted artisans that God had prepared to be able to put together all of this work. And, and I got to say, that's one of the greatest joys I have as a pastor is just watching different people in the church with different gifts and abilities, all serving the Lord together. It's a beautiful thing when that happens. God put together these artisans so that they would make all that he commanded Moses. Verse 7, the tabernacle of meeting, the ark of the testimony, and the mercy seat that is on it, and all the furniture of the tabernacle, the table and its utensils, the pure gold lampstand with all its utensils, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the laver and its base. The garments of ministry, the holy garments for Aaron, the priest, and the garments of his sons, to minister as priests, and the anointing oil and sweet incense for the holy place. According to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. Dr. Howard Thurman was an influential American author, philosopher, theologian, educator, and civil rights leader. He was the dean of chapel at Howard University and Boston University for more than two decades. He wrote 21 books. Perhaps his most famous quote came from a personal conversation in which someone asked him what he needed to do to help the world. Dr. Thurman replied, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and then do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And let me just say, there's nothing that's going to cause you to come alive more than being filled with the Spirit in the area that you've been called by God to do. Verse 12, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. 
So we see that the Sabbath was a sign between the Lord and Israel throughout their generations. It was to set them apart as they would keep this day, the Sabbath day of rest, wherever they went, and people would see that they were God's chosen people because of it. It was never meant to be something that the church observed. We see that from Acts chapter 15 because there when they determined how much of the law the Gentiles should keep in that council in Jerusalem, they determined that they should keep themselves from sexual immorality, from eating food sacrificed to idols, and from eating meat that still had the blood in it. But they mentioned nothing about keeping the Sabbath law because it was a sign between the Lord and Israel. Now, that being said, let me just say that I believe it's a good practice to take a day off, whether it's Saturday, Sunday, whatever you do. The important thing is to have time of rest for family, for worship. Your body needs it and you'll be healthier because of it. Verse 18, and when he had made an end of speaking with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone written with the finger of God. These were the first edition. We're going to see that when Moses comes down the hill and he sees the golden calf, he breaks them and then he'll have to get a second edition. God has made us to worship him, whether it's through our prayers or through the gifts and the abilities that he gives us that we offer to him or for setting aside a day of rest to just dwell on the Lord. It's all worship when we offer it to him. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. We'd really love to hear from you. You can also text WELCOME to 208-314-3377. That's 208-314-3377. Tomorrow we'll see that while Moses was on the mountain with the Lord for 40 days, the people down below made and worshipped a golden calf. We hope you'll join us as we continue our study of Exodus on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.